2: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
3: You're
2: listening to After More. Broadcasting from the beautiful South Byrne. Set no sound. So, I think we're 17 games to go, I've spoken to the players in there. You know, do we want to be... an average-ish mid-table team i certainly don't and i would like to think that there's some players in there that really don't want to do that uh we've got 17 games to prove it you know it's easy me standing in front of the camera saying it um but we've got to go and show it and we've got to go and prove it and in both boxes in the championship you have to be ruthless i can talk a lot about some of the things that go on in the game and what i would say to someone like Mitrovic, you might look and say oh he's a bit niggly and he does this and does that but you know what he's ruthless and he knows how to win a game and he's got that little bit of nastiness that it takes sometimes to win win games of football at this league as well as the quality. and I just think we just lacked a tiny bit of that um today and and in previous games so we've got to find it
4: uh, it's something we need to improve on.
2: Hello dear listeners welcome to Achtung Mill. in the wake of possibly the most predictable result of the season our annual trip to Fulham for a it's really only about how many goals we concede there, dear listeners, isn't it? 3-0 last night. Um, that voice you've just heard was our manager, Gary Rowett, referring to the existential dilemma that is called Millwall following. Um, are we or are we not just a mid-table side um, kind of drifting along on the, uh, on the on in, in the becalmed uh, seas of, of the Mid-Atlantic? Joining me to debate that um, philosophical point is a philosophical man himself, Mr. Ryan Loftus. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm very well. I'm very well, Nick. How are you? Um, well, I'm, I'm still reeling from last night's result, to be honest, and I don't know why I'm reeling, because I, I, I think I probably predicted it beforehand. Um, joining us also is, by public demand, Harry, you have, you have a fan base out of people actually tuned in to listen to the man himself. It's Mr. Harry Warren. How are you doing, H.?
5: Yeah, I'm good. I took a took a slight break. Um, you of did watching of watching, and I returned for Preston and Fulham. So I'm a glutton for punishment, if not anything else.
2: I've called it the most predictable result of the season. I don't know if either of you two boys would disagree with that, but um, last night felt like. Um, a script of a very tired film or, or, or soap opera series where you've seen the same episode over and over. My, my wife is watching the follow-up to sex in the city at the moment, which feels like every episode is exactly the same as it ever was. And this whole, she stretched it out to a 13 part series. Good luck to the woman. I can't Sarah Jessica. I can't think of a, a name, but it's like that last night felt like that, right? I mean, did you travel in hope last night? You were there. How did you, how did you take last night's result? Probably not in hope. More, I was more in
3: fear of a, a proper walloping, especially after the the home fixture as well. I mean, that was really before Fulham had massively hit their stride. And although it was two one, it was the most one sided two one you'll ever see. We kind of we almost nearly nicked a point from it, but 2-0 down in ten minutes, and it honestly by half time it looked like it would be ten because every time Fulham went forward, they they just nearly scored. So I went to this one hoping not for a, a 7-nil that Fulham have hit twice already and <laughs> set your expectations. You know, you know so we, we didn't didn't quite get halfway there. So it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. It was it was an odd one because Fulham at the moment, obviously, it's a bit of a weird place to go because they've got their, their big main riverside stand is closed for innovation. Yeah. All the fans know they're gonna get promoted. And not just that they're gonna get promoted, they know they're gonna win the league. Their team is obviously the best in the league by quite a way, and so it's it's they're, they're so accustomed to winning that mm. you know they'll cheer a bit for a goal, but it's it's just that inevitability. And I think there was that from the Millwall sense as well. From there was a really good away following there, but there was the inevitability of just Fulham just kind of cruising to a victory here. It's the gap between the two sides is such that even when Millwall had the chances, we couldn't score, and Fulham. Who didn't for me really create a load necessarily with obviously that like they they got three goals, but they didn't look as threatening as they had done in the past against us. But they they got three goals and it was just there you go. What that that's that really. And it was with the late goal as well, it's like you say, it's as cliched a, a performance as you can get, you know, and a strong opening, they get the they get the they get the opener. Okay, second half, keep it tight, lads. Concede in the first five. And then concede one later on on the counter after after pressing for a, a goal back
2: yourself. It's as, as scripted as Sex and the City, as you're saying, Nick. I mean, Harry um, Gary Rowett's game plan. I don't know if I, I don't think it was in that clip, but I was listening to uh, the very irritating recast. app. I don't know if the club listened to this. It's a very irritating, and I was trying to, I was trying to think why yeah, I find it irritating, but I do. Um, but he was referring to our game plan, which was largely to keep it tight for 60 minutes. Then. Start to draw the game out with our attacking bench. Um, and my notes said from five we had one chance on the fifth minute, um, which was a, a Keighfham Bell volley over the bar, and then we had nothing until fifty-four minutes when we had another a Bennett shot over. Um, I'm not sure that's keeping it tight. We do need to create chances. I mean, we did create chances when we opened up H, but we 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 don't score goals, mate, do we? I mean, that's 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 the difference between. These two sides. What's, Fulham scored at seventy odd goals in the season, though? Sums-
5: Mitch Vich. has scored more goals than Millwall this season. That is a headline <laughs> stat. That is enough. That should be. That should be enough to tell you that your transfer policy of we're looking at, you know, young and exciting forwards, probably bollocks. <laughs> and Gary Rowett is is quickly, in his interviews, turning into Ian Holloway. That that, that, that it's nonsensical bollocks. To, to try and pretend that Millwall, listening to that clip that you played at the start of the show, yeah. pretend yeah. that you think Millwall are anything other than a mid-table championship side is pure delusion. It's pure delusion because in our last 12 games, I've gone back to the 20th of November. From the last 12 games, Millwall three wins, three draws, six defeats, 12 points for a possible 36, as well as a cup loss to Crystal Palace. That is not promotion form. That is relegation form. That is looking down, not looking up form. And you weakened your own hand in the January transfer window and then complain about it. That's insanity. And, you know, we, we, we're never going to beat Fulham. Like, take Fulham out of it. It's a wider Rowit ball philosophy, is that their football is what I was promised under Rowit or what, what we, we're striving to achieve and that's fine, but we're not going to get there because we don't have the funds, we don't have the ability, the players that we've signed are all over 30, have got no resale value, and we don't create anything. Like last night, we play Oliver Burke, who's on loan from Sheffield United, another championship club that probably won't get promoted this season, that we'll have to play against next season, and we're promoting their player rather than Tyler Bury. Like, all these things, it's gone, Gary. We're not going to get promoted. Start planning for next season, and I could see some kind of logic in it. But there is no logic, because the man is illogical, because he thinks that we are going to get promoted. And there are eight teams in front of us, and we're nine points off the playoffs.
2: I mean, I I, I take your point, and I'm not going to disagree with what you're saying, Harry, but... um... I didn't think Ryan that Fulham looked unbeatable last night. Um, they were very good side. I mean, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna um, take anything away from that performance and those players. I mean, Mitrovic in in any side in the in the division, I think, would be a promotion winning asset. But going forwards, when we were got got the ball up and at them, I thought we looked. You know, we we, we didn't take the chances that were created, we did create chances. So, in my opinion. When we play a more, um, how can I put it? I'm going to use a very loose attacking style. I don't know how else would put it. But when we get the ball forwards and we had our more creative players on, on the field, we looked like we could get into it. Okay, chances weren't taken. But why do we... I think Gary Rowett said it in one of his pre-match interviews, Ryan, that he's, he, you can't sit back. Well, lo and behold, we do sit back. I, I don't get the logic of his management at times.
3: Yeah, it's, it's another one because it's in that situation, he's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, because a few weeks ago, obviously, there was COVID hit, but when we sat back against Coventry and contained them all and beat them 1-0, everyone's praising him and saying what a performance and every time we've done that away from home and nicked those 1-0s, everyone's yeah. going, it's pure, pure Railway Masterclass is what we had when we first came in and they're brilliant nil all-way results, but then when we try and do that and it doesn't work, everyone goes, oh, well, this is awful, why are we bothering trying to do that? So, you know, it's, it's a bit of, what do you expect? That's that's the, the way we set up away from home. Obviously, when you've got a team like Fulham who are really very good, it's harder to do that. And you know, the, the Mitch Rich point is one that will be trotted out because it's you know, he's a twenty five million pound striker who is too good for the championship. I mean, most of Fulham's team are too good for the championship. They're yeah, they're an anomaly this season and I think they're on course. I think was it Re- Reading's record for points is what, 103, 109 points, something like that. I think I think um Fulham are on course to beat that with like five games to go and Mitrovic himself as Harry said he's scored more goals than Millwall the the championship all-time record I think which was set last year by Ivan Tony is 31 and he's on 30 you know and we're in February like they're this year that team is is a, a complete anomaly they are going to break every single championship record and to lose to them obviously what's frustrating is that Blackpool turned them over 1-0 obviously there was the the instant with the fan, Paul Paris was kind of, you know, there was a lot of reception for him yesterday, and the, the Fulham team have been quite good with the family and and over to yeah. the end of the game. That may have thrown them off, you know, that long delay and, and the kind of worry about that, that that can get in people's heads and, and really impact the side. So that result in itself has other factors to it. But Mill do lack attacking threat, you know. It, it it's really hard because when you're analyzing where Mill are under Gary Rowett, it feels like there's not really been any movement for, for two two seasons now. The problem no. is that we can't create enough chances. And when we create them, we don't finish them. As was seen yesterday, we had two really good chances when we started to push for it. And both of them should have been scored. Maybe Ben if Benif- won, he has a lot less time, so it's, it's a bit harder and Rodak gets out quickly. But Jed should have scored. And yeah. Jed's coming back to fitness um, maybe with a, a bit more um, game time under his belt and a bit more sharpness, he scores that, but he didn't. At 2-1, that's a very different game because we were really pressing them. And I'll ask a bit about this at the end end of the game. And I, I, Harry, I kind of disagree that we've weakened our hand in January. I think we got rid of three players who don't play and we've brought in two players who are Burke, I think Jury's out, and Freeman, I think, is a good player depending on how fit he gets and if he can find his form. When those players were on the pitch and we had four, and we're kind of playing that 4 2 3 1. We were much better yesterday with a back three, with a back four than a back three. Much better. And
5: yeah, but we, that's been the same way all season.
3: Not all, not all the time. When we have not all the time, but
5: since since Ballard's gone out, playing Pierce makes you worse. He makes Hutchinson the worst player. There is no statistically, I haven't done the research, but if someone goes back and looks at results where Pierce and Hutchinson play together, having in the commentary game, which I think. Hutchinson might have played and Pierce might have played, or I might be wrong. I can't remember who was fit and who wasn't fit for COVID. When they play together, it literally is like who's the biggest dickhead. And they literally cancel each other out of making decisions because Hutchinson is the captain. I know Pierce wears the armband, but that's not really what who's the captain. If you're in the dressing room and you know Pierce isn't the captain, he doesn't. he's not the first name on the team sheet. First name across the back for is Hutchinson. And playing together last night, the goal, the goal for Mitrovic for the first one, you watch, Mitrovic just stands off both of them, just walks in unchallenged, so simple. And what annoys, what annoys me about it is, I, I take the point that in theory we've we've strengthened because we brought two loan players in, but they're loan players. And he talks about, you know, what we're talking about, we're still paying their wages. So in theory, we've replaced one set of wages with another set of wages. I'd rather... Them, I, I just mean this point at the moment with our rebuild, is that if we are going to rebuild, rebuild. Don't do loans. Don't paper over the cracks. And Raul, it's management style at the moment, is best described as he papers over the cracks. He picks up results when he needs to, to keep himself in the job. The West Brom result. If they hadn't picked up the West Brom result, when was our last win before that? we wouldn't have won in seven games. If you don't win in seven games, you're banging trouble in terms yeah. of uh, uh, of keeping your job. He, he picks up results when he needs to and we won't get relegated. But is that really what we want? And, and I, I know it's a wider question about Fulham. Fulham. The thing is, the Millwall paradox is that last night everyone knew we were going to get beat. So a lot of people go, fuck it, go and have a go, right? There's a yeah. lot of people that would think like that. Or you sit on the other thing of, we'll keep it tight, let's try and not get embarrassed. Well, 3-0 still getting fun. It doesn't tell the whole story of the game because I don't think actually we were that bad. But we weren't bad. But they weren't themselves. They weren't great. They didn't they particularly play the way that I've seen them play against other teams. I thought they were sort of, they didn't even get out of third uh, gear for them. And they beat us 3-0. I know they're the yeah. best side oh. in the division. But at the end of the day, it's a, wide, it's a wider trait is that when we go 4-3-2-1 or whatever formation you want to say around that, we look, we, we create more offensively. We've only kept three or four clean sheets all season. So there's absolutely no point in playing five at the back. Because... You know, we need to create four or five chances to get one goal, and we can't keep a clean sheet. So you might as well go forward.
2: Malone was injured last night. We don't know the nature of the injury. Well, I haven't seen it. If, if we do know it, um, I must admit I was surprised with Pierce coming in, Ryan. I mean, would he have been your choice in defence? Um, I know he's probably the seen as the natural leader of the of the group for. And I don't know the man, so I, I don't know how. how you know how, how good a, a decision that is, but I was surprised to see him because Fulham, if nothing else, are going to be powerful on pacey, and that seems to be where he struggles a little bit.
3: Yeah, it's, I think I think it's kind of dictated a bit by the the squad, the the squad we have at the moment, where the players we brought in maybe aren't quite fit enough. It's it's not. I don't think. I agree with Harry that like playing the back five when we're, we're not really as solid as defensively as we were, and if you've got to bring a piece, I, I don't know what's happened to. Um, Hayden Muller as well because he, you know, I don't think he's gone mm. back out on loan I don't unless I've completely missed that, and he wasn't in the squad, so I don't know if he's in. He was on
2: the bench last week when he was he was he was on the bench. Yeah, yeah. He,
3: he came back from he came back from Sir Johnson, but he wasn't on the bench yesterday, so I wonder where. Uh, Pierce is pretty much gone now. He's he can kind of do a job when you need to, but against a side like Fulham, he is just going to get pulled apart. I mean, there was one part one point where he almost got drawn into a foot race. I think with with Cabano, it was down the left and. You could see his face obviously quite close to the pitch at Fulham, and you could see his face and try and turn and sprint, and it was painful. But, um, would a back four work better? The I guess the problem is there. Then when Freeman's not quite fit, Jed's not quite fit, you don't necessarily have someone to play in the 10. But it's surprising that when we do play four at the back, we have looked a lot better and we have looked a bit more threatening. But Rowett seems reluctant to, to stick with that, and against a side like Fulham. Yeah, we, we change it late on and it makes an impact. If we started like that, who's to say how would the game would have gone? But you do wonder there gets a point where do we just change it up almost for change's sake, just to see, just to see, you know, go a run of games, go three or four, four games playing back four. You know, we, we keep, like Harry's saying, we're not picking up a lot of wins. Go three or four games with a different formation, different system
5: and see if that makes an impact. For, for me, the thing is that you just, if you played for at the back at home, you'd almost gain himself some kind of respect because they're more attacking. So therefore you'd get us behind you gain, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, that book that says about 10% a major swing. I wonder what the crowd's worth because suddenly if we're attacking at home, you'll get the crowd involved. You know, you get five, 10 minute, that rush, you might nick a goal. You might then have something to defend. At the moment we've, we're very flat. We're flat at home. The atmosphere (laughs) fed up with it. So what's the difference of game four? at home and five away I'd rather do that at least that makes sense in some kind of you know points based trying to nick wins away from home one nil whereas at home he needs to you know you're playing to the gallery you need to give some people something to get behind
1: <laughs> Achtung, Achtung. hi Nick we here mate
6: um yeah, um, last night, obviously, disappointing result, but uh, I was very, very pleased with the performance last night, and uh, I think I think, um, I think think we've done really well, mate, so I think we just got to move on from last night. We, we all expect to lose it, but I didn't expect uh, a performance like that, and to be honest, Chet should have scored, uh, Bennett could have scored, a phobia again, another bad touch, otherwise he's got a shot in on goal as well. we created loads of chances last night, so got the positives from last night um, I'm not I'm not disappointed at all um, and um, and Luke Freeman when he come on mate, very very impressed with him you know some really nice skillful little touches and it uh, a little bit faster than what than what I expected as well so uh, I look forward to him getting in the team for sure um, but yeah great performance disappointing result but yeah let's move on um, bash up Steve Morrison's Cardiff on uh, on Saturday and uh, um, Onwards and upwards mate. come on your lines. Catch you like Bye.
1: Achtung! Mehlball.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello?
2: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We are joined. Funnily enough, I was just about to refer to Aaron Paul's existential question posed a few editions ago. A big welcome to Aaron first before we go any further.
7: Morning. Afternoon. Afternoon, Afternoon. mate.
2: Afternoon. (laughs) Afternoon. I was just going to refer to the question that you posed a few good few edi- uh, additions ago now as to what kind of club are we because I'm still not sure that we are much closer to an answer to that question because I mean Harry's made a good point that we've, we've got a lot of lone players now including mm. Benny Ikofobey focus of our attack we don't seem to be we don't seem to be any closer to being able to answer your question which is what is what is the point and purpose of millwall football club in a football sense what what kind of club are we? Are we one that brings in the good foreign players? Are we one that promotes youth? Or what what are we? Um we seem still seem to be a bit of a a bit of a mix and match of, of of all sorts. And I think last night's result reflected that, Aaron.
7: I feel, Uncle Nick, that firstly Harry Harry's point is is spot on. Secondly, that we're gonna to need to do some sort of like conduct some sort of scientific investigation. It's like one of those questions, you know, what is the meaning of life? What are Millwall football? <laughs> in the same category. But, um, you know, I was, I was just thinking about things yesterday. Millwall are in the position they were when we got to sort of the last 10 games of the season last season, which is what we're doing. We're not mm. going for promotion. We're not going for playoffs. We're mm. not going to get relegated. What's the point? So, again, you're counting games down now. You're 17 games to go. You're counting games down. counting games to the end of the season. Harry's point about the loan players is spot on. You've got a shitload of loan players. You've got a shitload of players who are out of contact in the summer. Who's actually there playing for the shirt? Who actually cares? You know, you've got Oliver Burke there actually... You know, I had some decent sparks yesterday. Luke Freeman did nothing when he came off. Then again he didn't when he came on he didn't really have much time. But who is actually there that cares? Who's actually there that is is good is gonna play for the shirt? I don't know if Ben will be there next year. Don't know if any of these players will be here next year. You just you just wonder. And and with Gary Rowett, I saw a question you posed earlier about Gary Rowett and sort of, you know, with a lower lower half of the table finish, sort of finish him off? I don't think so. And the reason I don't think so is I think he's the first Millwall manager who has actively said, like, we should be punching higher. We we should be in the top six. We should be pushing rather than the likes of Neil. And I will never, ever criticise him because of the job he did. But Neil, who was always on about how the club were lucky to be in the championship and... They should be, you know, thankful that they're staying there. Roberts always come out and said, Right, we need to be punching our punch our, punch our, punch our, punch our," And and I think his ambitious nature will keep him there. Whether the circumstances around the club in terms of transfer funds and committees and stuff will 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 put him off. Who knows? Who knows? Mm. He himself might not want to stick around. You know, we're we're sat here saying, you know, that the club are in control. That Millwall might not might not want to keep him. Gary Ratt might not want to stick around. He might get a better offer from somewhere else. Who knows? Who knows? Harry would be delighted if he did. But, Absolutely. Oh, you know, oh, yeah. it's just it, it's it's, it's a not rude, a natural thing. It's, not it's a very strange time, isn't it? Like again, as I say, 17 games to go at the end of the season. His season's basically over. But he
5: doesn't yeah. think it is. That's the mental thing. He thinks yeah, he but he's really.
2: got to. I was going to yeah, come,
3: he point, I don't think you can come out and say, yes, yeah, it's over now and there's no point. Was,
2: you know, I was just going to come on to onto that very point, because as, as Aaron says, and I think Gary Rowick said in his interview, 17 games to go. So he's posing the question in the dressing room as to how much desire, he, in, the, in the nutshell, how much desire did he, the players have to, to aim higher. So if we're going to say... At the risk of, um, Harry on our WhatsApp group said anyone that says this, it could be sectioned. So I'm going to put myself out on offer to be sectioned now, Harry. Um, if we are going to aim for sixth spot, which is the only game in town, if you're going to be a football club in the championship division, you have to be, if you're not fighting relegation, you've got to be looking at that sixth spot as your shot at the big time, the big, the big, the big uh, stakes in the, in the top level. Um, and that's still... You know, as much as it might cause laughter around the internet, um, eight points away. Um, so, which is what? A couple of wins and you're in the mix. So, if it, if it can be that we've got the likes of Cardiff coming up, I think QPR follows as, as a midweek very soon afterwards. I mean, two big games there. I know we keep saying big games, big games. But to some extent, I went into last night, Ryan, writing it off in my head. I think we all did. We've kind of said that already. It was It was a, yeah. it was a free hit, if you like. But Cardiff looks like a big game to me Sad, because that really will define whether that remote possibility, as I feel it is, is still on on, on on the table. Because if we can't beat Cardiff, then I think it is, as Aaron's just said, playing our way out for the, the end of the season, for whatever, for whatever comes next. Because we've got quite a lot of players out of contract in the summertime. I think you wrote a piece about it the other day, didn't you? Yeah, I think... Yeah, the Cardiff game...
3: I mean, every game kind of seems big at this point, because... Each week, you're kind of delaying what is probably the inevitable of the, the season's over because you don't want it to be over in early February. No, no. But no. the problem, I think the problem is over the last three seasons now, that, that that end point of the season has been approaching a bit earlier on. You know, when Gary Rowett first over it was lockdown. It was when we came back and we lost the first game to Derby. And you're like, oh, we're probably not going to get playoffs then. You know, because we went, obviously, there was a big gap and the the win after Forest, it, we always go back to that that dream point of what would have happened without lockdown after mm. that 3-0 win at Forest. But yeah. playoffs was on. Playoffs was definitely, definitely on then. And we came back, lost 3-2 to Derby, who were right down the bottom and went, OK, probably not. Last season, you know, a little bit later on, maybe like by April or late March, we are OK, it's probably looking unachievable now but now it's got to the point where in early february and we're going yeah we're, we're probably not because for me it's not it's not the eight points it's the eight teams it's you can't you know points they're not these they're not these abstract things that you're playing for on your own there's also 24 other teams also picking up points so it's the same thing with the game in hand principle you know you could be right down the bottom and go oh we've got 12 games in hand but if you've got the worst team in the league and you lose them all that's zero points so it's more about the teams in between us, and a lot of those teams are on upward trajectories. You look at Forest, you look at Middlesbrough, Borough. you look yeah. at Borough, yeah. yeah, you look at Huddersfield and QPR doing well. Blackpool even have started to put some form together. You know, there are a lot more teams. Sheffield United, similarly, there are a lot of more teams with a, a bit of an upward trajectory, and Millwall don't feel like we have that. Or you know, and and everyone will will point back to. Oh, but Aston Villa were way off of it. And then they went on a an absolute mental winning streak. Fulham did it themselves, you know, when we were going under Harris and they won what 21 games in a row or unbeaten in 21 games and turned it around. But you don't feel that that is within this squad's capabilities. You know, you don't want to say never say never,
2: but it does every game gets further and further away. We seem too waste summer. wasteful of chances, boys. I mean massively, you cannot massively. you cannot create chances like we did last night and not take one of them, which is no. you know we're the story of the season. Both-
5: we're we're bad at both, aren't we? We don't keep clean sheets yeah. and we don't take no. chances. That that yeah. is the story to to finishing mid table and not doing very well. We we just I don't think the start we don't play with a particularly great style of play. We try and play passing football. It doesn't really work because we haven't got the players to do it. I.e. We don't have a ten. We haven't had a ten in years. And again, we'll go into a transfer window whenever that may be when the season eventually ends. we whether or not that ends after two back-to-back defeats, the Cardiff and QPR, which I think it will. Um, we will, you know, sit here. We'll have the same discussions. What are the club doing? Who are we trying to sign? We'll sign no one. And and um, uh, um, we'll moan about it all next year. And <laughs> the gap between the have and the have-nots will get bigger every year because it just will with the financial powers that are in football. And we'll be passive in that, in that happening. And, you know, um, anyone who can't see that, over the last three years, really needs to start looking at it because we, we are not doing, as a club, and I'm not just saying this about going around the club as an entity, as a product, as uh, uh, in doing their jobs, whether this be with this awful recast service or, or other stuff, are just rudderless at the moment in terms of leadership. And I don't think, you know, from the top down, it's very good at the moment.
3: Yeah, that drift is something that worries me quite a bit like like you say harry i think as as that point approaches earlier and earlier in the season where we're we're not promotion contenders obviously it will then slip down a scale and it will become we're not now promotion contenders and we will fall into relegation candidates and like i mentioned about players out of contract filled with loan signings and that identity of the club you know i feel like we've been saying every summer for the last two or three seasons that this summer is massive and you know we can't keep having massive summers and under and under delivering because that's what then leads to relegation. The club need to take hold of whatever they want to do, Sorry, like, make a decision, can I,
7: can I, can and I, can go for it. Can I ask a question? Can I ask a go question? On. Yeah, I yeah. just looking at teams around Millwall. Swansea City have basically got had the same season as Millwall. They've played the same amount of games, same amount of points. Same losses, etc., etc., etc. They've actually conceded more goals and scored exactly the same. Mm-hmm. But people are glorifying Russell Martin and this brand of football he's playing and saying he's a great manager and he's got a plan and he's great and he's this and he's that. Would you rather be in Swansea's position or in Millwall's position right now?
5: Well, it's, well, it's no different, is it? If, if they think they're seeing a stole of play, that's more than what I'm seeing. So I'm not seeing any yeah. of that. I think, um, I think
3: that's a good that's a good direct comparison as well because it's Swansea is a club that have. Obviously, they've had more recent success, but they have an identity of how they want to play, and they have a a identity of promoting players from within. Obviously, they've got a very good academy, and they do have,
7: along with Cardiff, Wales. That's, you know, they to, as that's they not because they wanted to, though, Ryan. That's because their owners were crap with the purse strings and didn't want to put any money in. No, but you but know? they
3: they have over the last few years, they've done that really well. And but the style of play is something that dates back to, you know, when Kenny Jackett was there. And or just after Kenny Jacket left when it was Rodgers and, and Martinez, that dates back, you know, 10, 15 trip. years now, yeah. their style of play, because that's how they want to play football. And it's taken them up the leagues, back down the leagues, and their fans seem to be happy. Obviously, any fan would be happier further up the table, but they do mm-hmm. seem to be happy playing good my, football.
5: My question to your to, to that is that Mill will have a five-year cycle, right? Normally, when we get in the Championship, every year that I support the club so what, my 32, all the time that I can remember, we go up, we have a good initial go at getting into the Premier League. 2001 springs to mind. First year back in the champ under Aris. First year with Kenny Jackett in the champ. We have a good go. We bring the momentum up and we keep going. We go on a magical tour. We try to get, we normally end up about 8th, ninth, whatever. We have a good go. But then it falls off. It, it follows this pattern of maybe a player leaves. Cale, Saville, now Wallace. Yeah, a player will leave, a key player. And Millwall never really do the next stage of the let us cement and then build. We do the cement. We sort of batten down the hatches and, and do this. And we're in year five. And this feels like Jacket. This feels like Jacket of we're out of ideas and we don't know what to do. Apart from this felt like this last year and Rowett didn't walk away. Jacket walked away. So Millwall will have to either do the do the thing of we're backing Gary Rowett and we need to have a really big overhaul, which they should have done last year and they didn't and they now need to do this year. Or you need to look at what, what's the next stage. What do we want to be? Where do we want to go? And we don't tend to get those decisions rights. And the problem is, is I fear if we don't make big decisions this summer, I fear we are going to be in a relegation battle because to lose Jeb, we are going to lose Jeb Wallace. You know, that's yeah. happening, right? So you're going to lose Jeb Wallace. Benekophobia yeah. won't be there because of... I. I, I I, you know Bradshaw's injured and was injured with a knee problem and took a long time to get good again after that knee problem. It, you know I I am fearful of what this team looks like. The average age of the side has grown under Gary Row. It hasn't got lower. It has grown. Um, we have a yeah we have a massive amount of midfielders that need to be moved on. We have one fit right back at the club. We have a right back out on loan that may never play for the club again. We have a. You know there are many crises to be dealt with, and you know that's a lot of work for Millwall, and we don't tend to deal with that very well.
2: Yeah, it, it comes back to that question that we've we've touched on already. Sorry to is... cheer
5: everyone up.
2: No, 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 <laughs> no. I, I, I mean the five-year thing is is a regular cycle of Millwall life forever. You know, I, it, I don't know why it should be so. Um, But you know, as I look back into the far distant past, you can most older fans will say, yeah, it goes in that kind of five-year spin. You know, you have a good season, bad season, moderate season, bad season, and then we get relegated again. Why that should that be so? I don't know. Um, other clubs, I'm just looking at, at, at uh, Luton sitting in seventh place. They're having a decent season um, and I think they've got a manager that's, that um, seems to have a vision as to what kind of football he wants to play, for better or for worse, which includes, I think, still Fred Onyadima, doesn't it, at Luton? So, yeah. you know, there, there he is, sitting up there yeah. on the on the brink of the big time, potentially. But yeah, I mean, there's other clubs.
7: I, I, I talked to you about them in the summer. Yeah, you did, yeah. They were doing better
5: business now.
7: They recruit very well. Yeah, very They totally recruit well. so well. You look at Alan Campbell in their midfield, really yeah. good player, really, really good player. You know, they, they've managed to bring in Jeds. they the goalkeeper. They've sold on their, their record signing goalkeeper. They've brought in Elijah buyer from... from it was, the, it was the young lad who come through full of the big centre forward. Brilliant player. Yeah, excellent um, Really, really good players in that squad. Yeah? Yeah. And do you know what? They're the waifs and strays they pick up. Luton don't go out picking up players who, you know, they'll wait and they'll try and challenge for. It's these players that are transfer-listed. These players that are out of contract, these players that are on fringes of squads, they took Henry Lansbury. His career has been Mm. rejuvenated by Nathan Jones. You've got a manager there who loves the club. Literally, like, they idolise him. They worship Randy Walks on the manager because he's playing a brand of football and, and he does what is best for Luton Town. Now, they don't make the playoffs. You know what? They won't care. They won't care. You look at it now. This is a club that who were five five years ago they're in League Two, yeah.
2: five yeah. Years, yeah. years ago they're in National yeah. League, yeah.
7: And now they're batting at the top end of the Championship, and honestly, once they, they things are going well from, they'll get a new stadium soon. They're building a new stadium. Things are going to get even better and better and better. But the recruitment side of it is ridiculous. They're constantly scouting. He's got Mick Harford out there watching game after game after game, mm-hmm. picking up players. Random little 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 signings they make. I was just going to say, know what's a massive, massive part of that as well, is selling players.
3: You know, they they, they sold James Justin to Leicester for a massive yeah. fee. They sold Jack Stacey, who again, Jack Stacey was a cast off from Reading, you know, picked him up, I think, on a free or very, very cheaply and sold him on for loads to Bournemouth. And that's what Millwall were, have been terrible at.
5: They don't spend money.
3: No, uh, exactly. Uh, they don't spend no money, money. <laughs> Mill will need to get better at selling players like
5: No, no, no. What we do is we sign 30 year old cast-offs from Derby, Birmingham, or Stoke. That's our transfer policy. That's yeah. our transfer I, I, policy. But for, for me,
3: I like for personally, I don't want Danny McNamara to be a Millwall player in three seasons. I no. I think he's excellent. I want to have sold him for 15 million pounds to a yes, Premier League. Like to. that's, that's the truth with Marlon as well. That's how it should be. Exactly. Gone Marlon should have been gone. Yeah. Cooper, Absolutely. like, we, I mean, we chatted about this when we were all together in the, the exec lounge enjoying the, the fine victories of a, a Birmingham, <laughs> Birmingham performance. But Jake Cooper should have been sold. Jed Wallace should have been sold. Yeah. All these players. Yeah. And unfortunately, where you. when Probably you're, for a collective played,
5: 70 million. Well, we could have got. <laughs> yeah. And those
3: I... three players. You take those three players, Cooper, Marlon, and Jed. That could have been 30 million pounds. How much have we the club in debt? Oh, what? 30, 40 million pounds. That's wiped. You know,
5: like, things like that.
3: It's what that's how you
5: build a club. But have you got the chief executive no from South End who promised the stadium for fifteen years and never delivered, or or, or would rather put out a rather questionable campaign about being a tosser? You know, it's um, it's just a mess. <laughs> the clubs a mess. What, what do you want me to say? It's a mess. You know, any, any, I've, I've,
2: I have to agree. I mean, I, I I'm, I'm intrigued. and fascinated. Just a whole a mess.
7: By... <laughs> Harry, your voice is getting higher and higher. Mate, it's the COVID. In. I do apologise.
5: I do apologise. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm
2: fascinated by the Jed saga of, of, of general. I mean, we've only just gone in. He played last night and we improved when he came into the game because it's with, Jed.
5: You look
7: ridiculous, dude. He changed the whole thing. Oh, he yeah, changed because so oh, we, we look dangerous suddenly. He's such a good we, player. Because we,
2: we, we know he's our best player by far, but his contract does finish in in at the end of May, doesn't it? Um, do, you,
5: do, you, do you blame him for not like, wanting to play? No, at all. I don't think he did. I don't think he didn't want to play.
3: No, no, not at all. I, I think either. the club
2: didn't want to. didn't no, want to no, no, play no, no, it no. because that would damage their asset if he got injured. Yeah,
7: the, I think truth, he... the truth. Of the matter. The truth. Of the matter is, and I know a lot of people are saying that he didn't want to play, and you know, so asking why Rat didn't start. Him, he wasn't fit enough. No, he's reason. not. He's not fit enough. He's he been out. Fit. He's been out for. I over actually spoke you know? to him after the game, and he said that was better than Preston because I felt better than after Preston. Like Preston, yeah. Yeah, 100%. he just wasn't quite ready in terms of the fitness. Now he's ready. So. You know, I, I, I don't think I'd ever sort of question his. Um, no, no. no his I wouldn't. You not, it's it's not, okay. I wouldn't question Jed. You've got to also look at the fact that his career's short, especially him, especially Jed. You know, this is someone who himself will, accept, will say to you, I'm not going to get a Premier League move. I need to go to a club that's getting promoted. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I think, think Forest
2: makes perfect sense to me. I mean, who, who, yeah. who wouldn't you can't do this, win. listeners? Who wouldn't, who
5: wouldn't... You can't he's he's going to end up at one of the relegated three sides, probably. No,
3: he'll go to Forest. I think Forest have, I saw, I think yesterday, Forest. Yeah, Coop, Cooper's named they've, him, isn't he? They've, they've, they've doubled yeah. down, yeah. Cooper's doubled down on him as his primary, primary target. I think it's well, from the report as well. Even if they go up, I think the club, the club, oh, okay. the club basically offered them a load more options saying, you know, well, what about this guy? What about this guy off? They couldn't get him in January. And Cooper doubled down and was like, no, he's, he's, he is our number one priority for bringing in. And I think the the club have gone, okay, well, you
5: know, we'll do, we'll do everything we can. And if well, that's for free. I mean,
2: I mean, that lack of business acumen, because I think we might as well give it a name is a very Millwall trait. We've never been very good at selling our players at the peak of their powers. For, yeah, for it's just
7: run by an accountant. It's only... It's only well, there, there,
2: there we are. There we are. I mean, I, I, I think John Belgson allows um, the chief exec, Steve Kavanaugh, plenty of leeway to, to run the club because I think he's obviously physically removed over there in, in uh, Boston. Um, so beyond funding the club, which which we're eternally grateful, um, he, allow, he allows it to run, run locally. And, and Steve Kavanaugh is, is the chief exec. So the point about poor business management because i think that's what we was talking about with with the jed saga because at the end of the day he's going to go for nothing at the end of the year despite coming in and power would be changing a game last night that's poor business management i'm not a businessman listeners i'm i'm, I'm a yeah. bolshie trade union rep i don't know nothing about profit oh, and loss but you know
5: that's that makes no sense the, to me the thing to remember and it's a very key thing to remember is that Millwall don't have many sellable assets and historically haven't had many sellable assets. Probably the last time we had a talented team, what, the 2001, 2002 team going on? Yeah, yeah, cut, yeah. Kind of yeah. All those players went for less than the sum of their parts. Stephen Reid, Lucas Neal, Tim Cahill. You know, all these players went for not a lot poor Paul not a lot of money. Then it's funny, and a lot of people will say that, you know, what they want about Harris but the players that he brought in for cheap, not the ones that he spent a lot of money on, Skalak, so on, right? But the ones that he actually bought for cheap, Wallace, Cooper, yeah. um, Savile, Hutchin, Hutchinson, 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 also, right? Even yeah. Jed, these, even, even, Jed. Like these, Jed, even yeah. Jed, right? These players all could have been sold for a lot of money, and Savile was 100%. sold for a lot of money, right? And they brought yeah. him back on a, you know, this season, Cheapy. and yeah. he hasn't yeah. worked out, but like, it was cheap, no mistake about it, it was cheap. That's good business when you buy someone back for cheap when you've sold them for eight million pounds. That's a good bit of business. But the other seven million we did fuck all with. Yeah, and exactly. Got, it's, uh, not, it's, uh, not uh, and it's not great business
3: after you've wasted the seven million. It's
5: not great business after you wasted the seven million pounds. But to sell several for eight million pounds was the right time to sell him. That's the I point. Understand. But you've got that right once in the entire hundred odd years of Millwall Football Club. So it is the anomaly. It is the. It's not. It's, yeah. The fact so, I mean, we've
2: a- also got some shockers of deals in there. I mean, we've, we we I don't want to keep banging on about Varson, but, Varsen, but it, was, it was, a very expensive mistake, and so was Skalak was an expensive mistake. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I take the point that if, to some level, if you, if you, if you buy sufficient players, you're probably going to turn up some, some jewels in the, in the rough, and then you're going to come up with a few duds. That's in the nature if, of the game. Everyone but-
7: expected to clear up, Nick, in the summer, and yeah. again, this clear up's expected again this summer. The problem is you can keep clearing out and clearing out and clearing out, but unless you're buying half-decent players to come in, what the fuck are you doing? There's yeah, no, yeah, cool no. identity there. That's, that's no. the there problem. Is, no, no, and that's that's the key thing. That's why when I go back to Swansea, one, I, I agree with your point about the style of play to an extent because when Swansea came down from the Premier League under Brad Bobley, you remember him, the bald fellow? Oh, the American. The- oh, oh yeah, yes. yeah, the American oh, guy. Brad yeah. Bobley. Yeah. Yeah, Brad Soccer own... School. Exactly, they lost their identity. <laughs> yeah, and that's to strip things back and and bring in Graham Potter, who who was charged with, don't worry about getting in this playoffs, don't worry about playoffs, don't worry about anything like that. Bring back a style of football. That's it. Steve yeah, and that's what we came in. But
2: we've never done that, Aaron. We've never done
5: that. We did it after Holloway. We basically went for a youth team manager and went fuck this, fuck all the shit off. And we're going down anyway. Let's rebuild, and that took three yeah. years. Right? But Two, Millwall, three years. Have never put had a project like that, they've never no. had a project. No, like we and haven't. Said, well,
7: that's At close, the end of we, it. Right? We want to achieve this. It's never been that. It's always no. been the case of just survive, 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 survive. Put enough in the meter to keep it going. You know, that's it. That's it. There's never been a project. Now, am I saying the project is the right thing? No, because I look away over the way at Wimbledon, and I look at Mark Robinson, who's the UT manager, they haven't won a game in 12 games now. They're barely yeah. scoring any goals. Their objective was to stop playing direct football, to start playing football. Where does that sound familiar from? Well, to, to start signing younger players. And it's not working. It's not working right now. And they're, so, they're a point above the relegation zone. Yes, once upon a time, there were top scorers in Europe. They're a point above the relegation zone now. It's not always about the style of football. It's about just getting the fundamentals right, doing Mm. the basics right. And do you know what the sad thing is? Yesterday, I know people hate Gary Rabbit and people don't like him. I actually think that Millwall caused Fulham a lot of problems when they went to four of the back yesterday. Yeah, they caused Fulham a lot of problems. Yeah, the problem is when when you are when when you are having a drag race, Harry, in a Rover two one six. And you got a flipping M5 BMW next year, you. You're gonna lose when you've got no. a thirty
5: million pound midfielder on the bench in John Michel Seri, and you don't even need to bring him on. You don't you need know, to bring him on, yeah. Aaron. Aaron, the season is not judged over two games against Fulham's M5. We, we're, tra- we're 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 travelling round in the Trotters Independent Traders fucking free <laughs> band that he traded for the Capri, right? He is, the, <laughs> he is, at the end of the day, regardless of what goes on above him, he is the face of the transfer policy, right? And he promised young and exciting forwards. I didn't think they were going to be Sheffield United's young and exciting forwards that we we're going to take on loan. And I didn't think that basically we were going to be used as some kind of... This, this is like what happened under Jacket. And you see the history repeat itself because, unfortunately, fans remember shit. That's unfortunate for football clubs. They don't like it. It's a bit like when you mentioned that the Football League existed before 92. People don't like you to remember that, right? The fact of the matter is, is that Millwall do the same things in different cycles at different times. We are currently going through the, hmm, it's a good idea for us to get loan players in and make our decisions. It's not great in the long run for Millwall Football Club. It never ends well. Danny McNamara is not fancied really by Gary Rowett and played at necessity at the moment because he was playing Ryan Leonard, a midfielder at right back for large portions of this season until he was injured. These are facts. They can be backed up by looking at team sheets. The man has a style of play in his head and the squad doesn't necessarily fit that. He doesn't like playing four because he's turned around and said, when we have played four, it's chaos. I, I like chaos. I think we thrive in it. And he said we thrived in the chaos. I, I just, if you are going to, if he but Germany believes this is on, right? If we generally believe this is on, if you play for it at the back and have a go, I'll back you. In 17 games, it's a 17-game run. We won 17 games on, on the bounce or were defeated in 17 games on the bounce under Aris's first season in the championship. So it is possible. It, it, it's madness because we're not as good a side as we were then, I don't think. Or we weren't playing as well. But he if he went and had a go... I back him, but we
1: don't have a go. Achtung, Achtung. Milwain.
5: We're
2: going to find out if we're going to have a go very swiftly on Saturday when we face Steve Morrison's Cardiff, of course, Chaps. He's uh, <laughs> yeah, going home. to up to that. i
5: as well.
2: Um, they are. I mean, they, they are, they're in 20th position, 20, 29 points. Beaten 15, 15 times this time, this, uh, listeners. So this is a game. If we're going to have a go, Chaps, um, I can't think of a better occasion to demonstrate this new start because if we're not going to make a new start Saturday then we really are batting out our innings out late in the day um I also want to mention just while we're on the subject of management and good good business and and, and all the rest of it um Wayne Rooney Aaron what a job he's doing at Derby I know there's still adrift yeah. Yeah. um but they're only four points adrift now and you know, it, it's, it's it's amazing how the tone is, the style is set from the manager when he gets it right and he's on a roll.
7: I mean, you know, what what more can you say about them apart from they thrive upon being the underdogs? You know, Derby, Derby have been there in terms of, you know, we all know about Mel Morris spending more than, you know, they should have been spending just to break their necks to try and get to the Premier League. It never worked. And 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 look at Wayne Rooney now picking up the pieces. It's yeah. funny, you look yeah. first jobs in management, Frank Lampard, what an easy ride he had. Signing yeah. the players he wanted to, he was just charged with getting promotion. With Wayne Rooney now, I mean the situation he found himself in January when he wanted to sign Phil Jagielka again, and they said no, yeah. you know. And he's basically playing kid after kid after kid after kid, you know. I, I someone made a joke the other week that at quarter past ten at Derby's training ground they come out with milk and apples, you know, because <laughs> it's just it's your kids and, and Richard Stearman and Curtis Davis. You look at them twilight to their career, giving it their all. It's absolutely phenomenal to watch
5: would they be in front of us now if they, if they, they they'd have,
2: um three noise 27 29 39 points so they they would be in front of us yeah yeah <laughs> but for the penalty I mean but, if, but if, if
5: but it's been a good season lads. good season good season
2: <laughs> if 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 Wayne Rooney pulls that off it, I mean there's a long way to go yet yeah, they're three games yeah. in front of um It'd be one of the great. It'd be one of the great management performances, Aaron. If he pulls it off, I think. Yeah, it, it,
7: there's four points of Reading, and Reading are getting the shit kicked out of them everywhere, yeah. technically, which is hilarious to watch. And Reading
5: and Reading can't afford to set their margin, which is why they haven't.
7: It's actually, it's actually very funny to
3: watch. Very. Yeah, very I'm, funny watch. I'm. really enjoying the Reading situation. I mean, to be fair, the the derby odds a bit odd because you know some people are kind of reveling in it, but you don't like to see this area club being very close no. to to. To yeah, out of existence, yeah. but I am glad to see them getting punished. Obviously, it's it's an odd one because it's Mel Morris's fault, really. But the Reading, like the the punishments, the Red, I'm really enjoying the Reading one because, for me, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, they were just cheating. They were cheating. They both were, yeah. and and fucked up. They were both yeah. just like Reading were just willfully. be three hundred percent is, this of their the income on they... their wages, and it's and, and they... it's. The, the retrospective action of it is really annoying because it generally punishes the wrong people, uh, i.e., the fans, you know, in that situation. But both of those clubs, like, I was very glad when Sheffield Wednesday went down
5: last season because if you cheat, you should get punished, and you should get punished. There should be a time. consequence. I don't, I have no love for Gareth Ainsworth and Wickham, which is well known on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they they should have been, no, been in the championship this season, yeah, 100%. Um, 100%. And this is these are another victim that are not talked about enough in the, in the yeah. whole conversation, um, and and their fans and and so on and so forth. Fo- you know, football likes to talk about the the problem directly in front of you. It don't like to talk about you know the the, the subsequent victims. I, and, yeah,
7: I really want Reading to be a lesson for these overzealous, you know, deep pocketed owners who, who come over here from lands far and wide, going, "We're gonna get Premier League in four mm-hmm. years." We're going to get Premier League in five years. And then when they're getting their asses handed to them, at Stoke away or Millwall away. Or the problem
3: is, Aaron, is that the, away, lesson, the lesson that a lot of people take is the QPR one of cheat for a year, get promoted. And then by the time yeah. the fine actually hits you, you've earned so much money that it doesn't matter.
7: Yeah, no, like hold a minute. But Q, QPR can't afford that. They, mm. no, they When they got they got done, didn't they? Yeah. Back but then, the size of the fine they got. Yeah, but that was fine. It was like they'd already been no, up. It wasn't because they still had the wage bill from the Premier League hangover. Trust me, trust me. This club has got no money. They're shopping in the bargain basement, mate. Well,
5: they're shopping. I tell you what, they must be shopping in Lidl, and we must be shopping at b <laughs> bargains because they're doing better than what we are on their on their do you know,
7: money. Do you know what? On a side note, on a complete footnote, having watched the FA Cup this week and having sort of spent a bit of time with them. I think Luke Garrard would be a very good manager if you you know? Luke Garrard, next
0: to him. Who is a Tell me. He's going to have the
7: job at Boreham Wood. Garrard?
2: It's like a, like a university challenge of football yeah. quiz here. Listen, Luke
7: like start of uh, a team. Let's start for 10 Can i just say oh yeah right,
2: the Wood, the right. wood manager um well i mean was an in, there was an interesting little piece that they did before the fa cup game borum wood um, beat um bournemouth didn't they and they had a, a, a clip where ian Wright uh, did a kind of prison visit this is a few years ago and spoke to one chap who was in one of the young offenders institutions who i think it was the striker
7: I Ranger. no once
2: one ranger it was another chap i can't think of his name um, really interesting, really well done, and I think Ian Wright does these little bits really, really well. It was a really interesting um, clip about turning your life around via the medium of football. He, he did like a pr- prison football club thing in, in, for guys who are inside for various reasons. And obviously, you know that it didn't score a goal, but it came good on the night for this. this it was like a it would always be like a great movie, you know. It was it was it was that kind that of, he turned his life around via. Playing for Boreham Wood, and I think I think they have a lot of links to um, Feltham uh, Youth Offenders and that, that that institution over there. So um, I don't know if you know if that how that relates to Luke Garrard. I don't know how good a manager he is, but it was a very uplifting little piece. Um, I'm just to, just just thinking sideways slightly. I mean, last night we saw football's better side with the applause for the chap who passed away at Fulham on 11 minutes, which I wasn't there, but I understand was well supported by the middle end, which I would expect nothing else to be. To be really honest, so football has the ability to deliver great things, lads, but it also has the ability to deliver some of the nastier things like this Kurt Zuma um what cat enough. video, yeah. And I, for listeners I haven't seen, I can't believe anyone hasn't seen it. Is there's a video in his kitchen, the West Ham player kicking a cat, kicking his cat around, um, and
7: it's what that uh, about? What do you think I mean, about? they
5: played it's him a
2: grim little watch, chaps. Well, it's well, a grim
7: little doing, man. I,
2: I, I. I don't think I'm alone. I think a lot of West Ham would be the same, here, Harry. But I wouldn't want to see it. if he was a Millwall player. I wouldn't want to see him playing again. Which well, is mean, it's, it's,
5: it's, it's a sackable offence, isn't it? He's bringing the club into disrepute. I'm pretty be, sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure in most players' contract there will be a line around bringing the club into disrepute around the code of conduct, and he's definitely done that. But the difference is, is that you know if you do it in your job, the. Your your employers didn't spend £30 million pound in exactly. you know the summer bringing you in. He minute.
2: started last night against Watford, and there's people online praising his performance. I, I wouldn't personally give a shit about his performance if he'd done that. For... Let's have a score prediction for Saturday. Harry, what do you fancy? Mill versus Cardiff. 1-0 Cardiff. 1-0 Cardiff, right?
7: <laughs> I reckon a, a drab 1-0. <laughs> yeah.
2: we're, not selling, we're not selling this fixture how, how do you see it Aaron?
7: yeah I'm going same, exactly as same as Ryan Drab one Yeah, 100.
3: Nick before. before we wrap up can I put out a request of the listenership I know don't of course get, you into, can, get into another discussion point we, you know, they've given us an hour of their time but we, <laughs> we mentioned it at the beginning as well the recast app I'm sure this is something we might talk about later yeah. on in the season, yeah yeah no please do mate. Please I'm very do. interested to I personally haven't used it yet um, and I I don't see myself using it, but it's interesting when we talk about people's attention. You know, it is something that is seems very modern and forward thinking in terms of paying you for your attention effectively with content. But if anyone's got any opinions, anyone who's used it, anyone who you know what how they think it's going, and you know whether they think it's good or bad, get in touch with me on Twitter because I'd be, I'd be I'm quite keen to hear what people think. I'm thinking about um, you know having a look into it and hopefully speaking to some people from Recast and the club. And to kind of get a better picture of what it is, and and whether it's got a place on this future, and w- will it rival acting, Nick? Will it rival? Is that our? Should we I mean, be on our toes? I
2: mean, we could probably do a separate conversation about it, Ryan, Because I'm intrigued by it myself, and I've I've got the app on my iPad downstairs. I find it, and I, I was I find it irrationally irritating, and I was trying to think why is it irrationally irritating, and the principle of it is that you build up a kind of a screen credit um either by yeah. watching an advert or buying things which i think i think that's yeah. the bit where i don't mind watching an advert because that comes with tv since time immemorial but i don't like paying to watch gary Rowett tell me um how you know we we want to squeeze Fulham for 60 minutes and then open up with all guns blazing on in the last half an hour when i know that exactly. we just got stuff 3 all there but yeah, i think well, i think i'd be, uh, be keen to to hear what people ryan's, think about it ryan's dms yeah. are open god help him <laughs>
5: I am um, on, uh,
2: on, on that <laughs> brave decision Ryan your yeah, team's
5: <laughs> on that um, on that point which I know they're not directly linked um but uh, I was unaware of fan hub until very recently and anyone that is of these sort of fan tokens and um yeah yeah NFTs name with pictures of bored monkeys and John Terry telling you you need to buy an NFT if anyone actually doesn't understand what any of these are, there was a very good podcast by the Guardian Football Weekly a couple of weeks ago, maybe last week um It's like on their feed. Just listen to it because I think it's very um as someone who suffered from football index's kind of use of football yeah, fans, demiser, I, think, uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's very the, the biggest uh, pyramid scheme in recently. of all time um yeah, and yeah. I think that um anyone who wants to get involved in this crypto slash n f t football because what uh, the Guardian made it very important. There's only really, you know, it's not a new technology. Bitcoin's been going for 20 years, and it's still not mainstream. Um, was my takeaway from it. So invest cautiously. It's basically gambling, but with no regulation. So, um, but make your own opinion. Listen to the um, listen to the pod with much more informed people than myself, and uh, make your own. Training, send it send I, all
2: your opinions to Ryan when I see um I
5: people say? tweeting about Ooh. fan tokens I I cringe you know that you know that fan hub thing does mm. anyone
7: not remember I mean Ryan you won't Harry Nick do you not remember they used to sponsor a, a program on Love Sport they did fan yeah. hub did they, they, had an, did an, they? App, an app and back then it was just the um all the yeah, actually, so... tracking what how many grounds you went to
2: yeah because yeah. I, I, I now it's I turned into really... a
7: monetary thing
2: We'll do another show about that because I was I was on Fan Hub briefly just to see because I get curious about these things, listeners. And I'm an old man, so what do I know about the modern world of crypto and Bitcoin and whatever? And I was on it, so but then I deleted it because I found oh. it very irritating. Um it's a dream so, world out there, Nick. It is a dream. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my score prediction for Saturday, just to close us, I think we're going to win it, listeners. I'm going to go for a, a, a decisive two goal win for the Lions on Saturday over the uh Steve Morrison Cardiff. Big thank you for joining me today to Harry Warren, Ryan Loftus and the man himself Aaron Paul. Thank you boys.
7: Nice one, lads. No problems.
2: And thank you to you too, dear listeners. Until the weekend, it's a River Dirty Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Ask Millwall. If you enjoyed the show, please go over
4: to Apple Podcast and leave us a cheap review
0: you next time.
6: Who do you
4: want to watch? Hello Nick, yeah. Barry Mooney. just listening to your show with Neil, brilliant, lovely one, but the Neil, uh, the Robinson, Theo Robinson thing, I think you'll fine. we signed him from Huddersfield for 300,000 and someone else come in, Sorry. but the clerk, what's his name, the little clerk, he was their manager at the time and he, He'd already agreed to send him to Millwall so he wouldn't change. He came to us, he played those games you said, then I think he found he found it difficult to settle. I don't think it was any problem, I think he just found it's more difficult than he thought. So then Millwall I think offloaded him to the Derby just so he could get back up north. I think that's the story of it. But as you say, wasn't it was a disappointment because he looked a decent player. Anyway, I love the show. Anyway, nice talking to see his mate.